Uh, it's my pleasure this morning to stand before you. This is tall, but anyway. Um, so it's my pleasure this morning to stand before you and uh, share with you the word of God. But I cannot do that without acknowledging some people. And I want to acknowledge Unkululego and Ningi, Mr. and Mrs. Vilagazi. It's their first time this morning. Why don't you guys stand up? Stand up, stand up, stand up. Woo! So they got married on December. So it's their first time uh, today attending as a married couple. Yes. Looking forward to that. Oh. As faith, faith. Prayer and fasting. <laughs> Prayer and fasting. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> that, that, that went off the rails quickly. <laughs> so uh, this, this morning we continued our uh, Luke series, our Savior series, right? And uh, we are on Luke 11, verse 14 to 32. So we are on, on, on message number 68. Can you imagine that? 68 messages have been preached from the gospel of Luke. All of them shining one thing, that Christ is the Savior that we need in our lives. So, uh, as I've said this morning, we're on Luke 11, 14 to 32. So, it's quite long, right? It's quite long. And uh, so, I'm going to try to paraphrase it, summarize it. But our focus is on, is on from verse uh, 27, going to start from 27, going all the way to 32, right? So that's where we are. That's where our preaching is this morning. But let me just paraphrase what's going on there. So what's, what's happening there at the beginning, as we heard uh, last week through Rob, that last week Jesus had just taught people how to pray. Um, and, and he was sharing with them the importance of prayer. So in the next verses, what's happening there is that Jesus Christ has just cast out a demon from a man. This man was deaf and was mute. He could not speak and he was, he was mute as well. So Jesus has just cast out a demon from this man. And what happened is that as the spirit goes out of a man, actually the man begins to speak and he begins to hear. So that was a miracle. And then at this point in time, Jesus is facing a, a huge backlash, especially from the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. He's facing, he's facing a, a bit of rejection from them. And then when, when Jesus cast out the demon, one of the things they said to Jesus is that, no, in fact, you are casting out demons by a, a, by, by a spirit known as, as Beelzebub, right? So they are saying to Jesus, it, it, the reason you are casting out demons is because you are using a spirit called Beelzebub. Now, I want you to, to imagine that these people are saying this to the Son of God, that he's using a demon to cast out other demons. And I was thinking while I was reading this, that man, if you think that Jesus Christ had it easy, even as a Son of God, how wrong you are. Imagine, <laughs> he just did a miracle in front of them, and they're like, nah, you are using demons. So this goes on and on, and one of the things that Jesus asked them is, okay, if I am using demons, if I'm using this spirit that you claim that I am using, Beelzebub, then how does, it, how does that make sense? How is it that Satan can cast his own demon? How is it Satan can cast out another Satan? It doesn't work that way. Then what that means, it means that the, the, the very kingdom of Satan is what? Is divided. 
And Jesus says it doesn't work that way. But they continue doing so until we get to the, the, today's message. And I want us to start from uh, verse 27. And we go down from there. Uh, it says like this. As he said these things, a woman in the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast at which you nurse. Verse 28. But he said, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. When the crowds were increasing, he began to say, This generation is an evil generation. It seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given except the sign of Jonah. For as Jonah became a sign, a sign to the people of Nineveh, so will the Son of God be to this generation. The Queen of the South will rise up at the judgment with the men of this generation and condemn them. For she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, something greater than Solomon is here. The men of Nineveh will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, something greater than Jonah is here. Right? Can we pray? Can we pray? Right? So let's close our eyes and pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, thank you, God, that we get to sit here this morning as your children. And uh, we get to hear your voice through your word, my Father. Lord Jesus Christ, we pray that through this word this morning, may you reveal your will into us for the honor and for the glory of your name. Amen. So, as you said, from verse 27 to 28. So, Jesus Christ was, 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 was teaching, right? So, this woman just shouts out of nowhere as Jesus Christ is busy teaching. She said, blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast which nest you. So, in other words, that, that's a form of a blessing. That's a form of a benediction. What that woman was saying is that, actually, praise God for the mother who raised you. You know, you know, when a child is doing well at school, the interest not only goes to the child, but to the parents as well. So people want to know, this child is so well-mannered. Who are the parents of this child? So that's what she was saying to Jesus Christ. So blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast that nursed you. So she was saying this in a way to bless Mary, the mother of Jesus, who raised Jesus. But Jesus says something that is, Jesus just turns the situation around. And he says to her, uh, much more than Mary, who was a virgin. That's what Jesus says as he answers her. When he says to her, blessed are those who not only hear the word of God, but obey it. Right? In verse 28. But what Jesus Christ was saying that is that as much as you are saying that my mother Mary. Now, the mother of Jesus is not just any person that we don't know. Remember in our Luke when we were beginning, we spoke about Mary. Mary is the one whom the angel of the Lord came to her and she conceived through the Holy Spirit. That's a very big deal. That's not something that is minor. So the, Mary, the mother of Jesus herself, is not, she's not just talking with any mother. She's talking about Mary, the virgin that gave birth to the Son of God. And she said, she's blessed. But Jesus says unto her, as much as you are saying that my mother is blessed, as much as you are saying that Mary is blessed, but you know who's much, much blessed more than my mother. Jesus says, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Amen. So Jesus swipes, quickly turns things around. 
So he says, blessed are those that hear the word of God and, 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 uh, and obey it. So what that woman was saying is that your mother has done something right to, achieve, to have such this a wonderful son. But Jesus counters that blessing by making sure, by alerting this woman that the state of a blessedness of a person, especially in, as a child of God, we are not blessed. Our blessedness as a child of God is not only when we hear the word of God, but rather when we obey the word of God. Jesus says, as much as Mary was blessed, as much as this woman with such huge reputation, Mary, Jesus says, you, me, and you today are much blessed because we get to hear the word of God and we have an opportunity to obey it, right? So there is this, if you follow the gospel, there's this phrase that Jesus uses the most, and I want to talk about that. Jesus says, whenever he teaches the people, he says, he who has an ear, let him hear. I don't know if you're familiar with this phrase. He who has an ear, it's, 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 Jesus uses it most of the times even in Revelation. He says, he would say, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says. So the assumption there was that if, if, if we have ears, I mean, it doesn't make sense. If I say to you, you should hear and you have ears, then you, you look at me funny. What is Prince saying? Does it mean that I can't hear? So that's the assumption there. But Jesus Christ, the kind of hearing that Jesus Christ is speaking about, is not just to hear. There's a deeper way of hearing, and Jesus Christ is speaking about obeying. Because there's a difference between just hearing, and then there's a difference in the hearing that the Lord Jesus Christ is talking about. Now, I don't know if you remember last year uh, in Luke, Rob was preaching this message in Luke chapter 8, the parable of, of the seeds. Do you guys remember? Do you guys remember? When I take, want me to take the mic and go one by one. And <laughs> I won't do that. So in Luke chapter 8, one of the things that's happening there is that Jesus begins to explain what happens to the seed. So the seed is the word of God, right? And it begins to fall in different soil. So some fall in the rocky soil, some fall in, in between the weeds and the tears and it gets choked. So what Jesus Christ is talking about there is he's talking about different types of people. And, and, and we hear, we understand that in that parable, some of the seed that was planted to those people, it came here and it went where? Pew. Because how do we determine that? Because not all of the seed was able to bear fruit. There's a legal of the seed that, bear, that bore fruit. That's the kind of hearing that Jesus is talking about. Having ears to hear the word of God. And not just having ears, just to hear. Because it can happen that we have ears, but the word of God comes and then goes out of the way. And what's the results of that? Jesus says in the parable, the results of that is that the soil was unable to bear much fruit. That's what happens when we don't hear the word of God. Even when we come to the church, our blessing as children of God is not because we come to the church. According to Jesus, our blessing as children of God is because we hear the word of God. And not just merely hearing the word, but there's a certain attentive that we have to, there's certain effort that you have to put in hearing the word of God. And once we do that and obey the word of God, Jesus says that we are blessed. Right? And I want us to, to, to think right now. I want us to, to ask this question. How can I hear the word of God? How can I hear the word of God? How can I make sure that I'm this way? I'm not one of those people in a parable whom the word of God was planted, but it came this way and it went that way. Right? So, 
Number one is through reading our Bibles. One of the ways that we can hear the Word of God is when we read our Bibles. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, it says, Long ago, long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to us through our fathers by the prophets. But in the last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed the heir, the heir of, all of all things, through whom also he created the world, right? So back in the days, if you read the Old Testament, Jesus Christ, uh, God used to speak to our forefathers. The, the writer says through prophets, through, through, through dreams and all of that. But he says later, later on, especially in the New Testament, God was speaking through his son Jesus, whom he sent. But now the problem is Jesus is not with us, well, physically. But his word is with us. The Bible, the word of God is Jesus Christ's word with us. So whenever we read the Bible, actually, that's where we get an opportunity that the Son of God is speaking to us. Right? So you may be saying, but his word, you may be saying, but the Son of God is not here. But the Bible is with us today. This is how God speaks to us. And by making daily our, our by making, by taking this opportunity daily of reading our Bible, we give our chance and opportunity for the Son of God to speak to us. That's how God speaks to us through the Bible today. And when, we, when you take time to read your Bible, when you take uh, moments of your day and you sit down, you, you are giving God, the Son of God, an opportunity to be able to speak to you. Right? So, one of the things that Jesus says in Matthew 4, verse 4, he says, if you remember the temptation of Jesus by Satan, he says to him, but, he, but Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. So what was Jesus saying there is that the nourishment of our spirit, the strength of our spirit doesn't come only from us eating bread. But Jesus says that our spirit, in order to be strong, it needs to live by the word of God. Right? If we are not eating the word of God, if we are not taking time to read the word of God, we won't have time to hear Jesus speaking to us. And what is the result of that? The result of us is that we won't have sustenance in our spirit. Right? So, we, I was thinking about this, that often at times as, as, as Christians, we, we, I've seen this in some of my friends who believe, we rely too much on social media. I don't know if it's you. We rely too much on social media for things that we have to rely on God for. Right? So, I, I, I was talking to this person. I said to them, Christians, children of God, they don't live by Instagram quotes. <laughs> we don't live. That's not what Jesus says. Jesus didn't say, you, thou shall live by Instagram quotes. Jesus says, thou shall live by what? By the word of God. But often at times, I, I have found whenever I talk to some of my friends that people these days rely more on, 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 on Instagram quotes than actually relying on their Bible. People get more uh, uh, strength from those quotes than actually getting strength from the word of God. And my friends, our, our lives we will not be anchored. Our, our, the truth of our existence, our purpose and meaning, we will never get those from Instagram codes. We will never get those from social media. We will never get those. The only one place where we can get the truth of our lives. There's only one place where we can get meaning of our existence. Only by reading the word of God. Only that. Not on social media. 
Social media can't give me the meaning of my life. Social media can't get the man shall live by the word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So if we want our life to be stronger, if we want our faith to be stronger, we have to anchor in something more stronger than, than, than words of social media. Because uh, words of people change, right? Our words change. That's why you, it, it's difficult for you to anchor your life through my word. Because today I can speak this, and tomorrow again I can change and speak something else. But our life has to anchor, has to be anchored in the one whose, whose word will never change. And who's that? That is Jesus. His words will never change. It will always remain forever. So we depend, we need the word of God to lead us, to guide us, and to sustain us. And lucky for you, on a day-to-day -day basis here at the church, we have our daily reading plan. Here at the church, every month, one of our one of our biggest notices every month is that we have a new Bible reading plan. You guys know this, right? We have a new Bible reading plan because we understand that there is nothing that will strengthen your faith than the Word of God. Nothing else. So you are in a church that, that, that believes in the Word of God. So take this opportunity as we begin the year. If you want strength in your faith, if you want God to speak to you, if you want to hear God more, take time to read the Word of God. That is my encouragement this year. <laughs> I always make fun whenever I go to Ifracom. We have our way of, of doing things there. So I always make fun of, of this. Um, there is this soapy called Uzalo. You guys know Uzalo, ne? Yeah, you guys know it. So whenever I go that side, I always make fun of this. And I said to them, it, it's amazing the, the care and the dedication we have towards these, these, these soapies, these characters, right? Even when I was at home, I was watching my mom and dad, and they were watching, and they were talking. While the soap is playing, they are talking. I think so-and-so is going to do this. And I was there watching. My God, the dedication that we have towards these characters. Like, and, and, uh, I, and I always say, there's nothing wrong with that. You can watch and, and that. But I, I sometimes wish that that same effort, that same dedication can be put in the word of God. Because if you find that ma, and all of that, they, they, you know, they, they are talking with each other. I was watching them. They are talking with each other. They know the character. They are invested, investing in hearing from the Son of God. Taking time to listen, to, to, to say, God, I want to hear from you this year. The same way we take that much time to invest in soccer, to invest in everything that we love, we also should take time to invest to hear from God by reading his words. And how often do you make time to read your Bible? How often do you make time? Often you, you, you'd hear people, I don't have time to read my Bible. <sighs> right? <laughs> Is that the truth? I don't have time to read my Bible. And maybe you don't have time to read your Bible. But I, I think we don't need two hours to read the Bible. It, it, it's all about wanting to read it. It's all about dedicating ourselves it's all about, I want to hear from the Son of God. I want to hear from His Word. I want to be guided by the Word of my Father. So, my encouragement this morning is, make time to read from the Word of God. That's the only time you'll be able to hear God speaking to you. That's the only time you're, you have an opportunity to hear the voice of God. So, point number two is having ears to obey the voice of God. So, it's not enough. Jesus spoke two things. He said, it's by hearing and it's by obeying. 
So there's this verse in, uh, there is this phrase in Mark chapter 4 when Jesus speaks, especially in the, in, the, in, the New King, in the New King James Version. It says, hearken, right? Hearken, that means listen. So whenever Jesus would, would, would start, he would always say to the people, hearken, that means listen. So what that phrase means biblically, it means that to lend an ear to what is going to be said. To lend an ear with, with, with an attitude to obey or to comply. So it's not just listening for the sake of listening. So whenever Jesus said to people, listen, it means that lean on with the, with the attitude of, I want to comply with what he said. I want to obey with what he said. That's what Jesus means. So you see, Jesus was calling people as all is calling us today, not just to be hearers of the word, but to have an attitude of complying and obedience to the word of God. When we listen to the word of God, one of the attitudes that you must have is, is God, I want to comply with this word. I, I want to do it. I want to practice what is being said. That's what Jesus meant whenever he called the attentions of, of the people. In fact, in, in John chapter 10, verse 3, one of the, the things that Jesus says, he says, my voice, he says, my sheep, they hear my voice. One of the distinctive mark of a child of God is the ability to discern the voice of Jesus. Amongst the thousand voices that are out there, the sheep, Jesus says, my sheep, they hear my voice. So Jesus is calling us this morning, friends, as he called people in the Bible, for us to have a deeper ear and an attitude to comply and obey his word. Jesus is calling us to tune in into his word. I don't know if you remember those old radios. Do you remember those old radios? I don't know if you guys had them. So at home we had that old radio, that old FM when you, when you wanted, uh, you had to what? You had to tune in. There were many stations there. But the one that you wanted, you had to dial. That's what Jesus says. Jesus says, dial in to me. Tune in into my word. So that you can be able to hear it. So that you can be able to put it into practice. So, are you listening to the word of God mainly for the sake of listening? Or are you listening to the word of God as your father? With an attitude to comply to what God is saying to us. Remember what we spoke about last year, uh, last week, that one of the things that God speaks about in my life is that if I am the father, then where is the honor? So our honor as children of God is to obey our father, is, is to lean in towards his word and, and, and then do whatever he tells us to do. So in verse 29 to 32, Jesus calls that generation an evil generation. He calls them evil generations. He deals with their unbelief and, uh, and their non-response to his words. And one of the, there are many ways that he does that. So one of the things that Jesus does is that he calls that generation an evil generation. But why does he call them an evil generation? Because one, they were more blessed. They were more blessed generation because they had Jesus Christ, the word in the flesh among them. I don't know if you remember what John says in John 1. So one of the things that John says in John 1 is that the word became flesh and he made his dwelling among us. So one of the blessed generation was that generation because they had the son of God. They had Jesus in the flesh. They didn't have them in the Bible. They had him in the flesh. They had the logos. They had the word that created all things. They had him in front of them in the flesh. But still they never believed. Still they never believed. They doubted him. So Jesus says, hey, you are an evil generation. 
you are evil because I am here in the flesh. The Son of God is here with you, but you don't believe. They had the light among them, but still they were rejecting it. And as a generation that had more revelation in terms of the work of God, they had a duty and an obligation to respond, but they failed. You see, that generation, as much as Jesus was there with them, they were the blessed generation because they, they saw the miracles of Jesus. They saw everything. They saw the blind sea. They saw Jesus doing so many miracles, but still they had this revelation. And with that revelation comes this obligation to respond to what Jesus is saying. I don't know if you guys remember what Matthew says. Matthew says that the more that is given, the more that is demanded. So the more revelation we receive from God. Uh, you, you have heard 68 messages when I began. I said, we have preached 68 messages to you. And, and throughout, the more God gives to you, the more there's, an, there's, an, there's a response that is, is it's weighted on your behalf. The more we have to respond. So that's what Jesus was saying to this generation. He says, I, I, I show you miracles. I do things in front of you, but you are slow to show us a sign. But Jesus has just done a miracle in front of them. They say to Jesus, oh, show us a sign that you are this person that you say you are. And Jesus says, no sign will be given to you. I don't know, if you drive the highway, right? If you are from Potsdam and you are going to Deben, the sign pointing to Deben will always point up, right? It will always point you up. And you drive, you drive. But the moment you reach Deben, there's no sign that will point you inside of Deben. Every sign that, is, when you reach Deben, your destination, every sign points outside of Deben, right? So them wanting a sign from Jesus, it was like, Jesus, we don't believe you. Jesus says, I am here. I am this person. I am the one that you are looking for. I have arrived. But they are coming to Jesus and saying, oh, we're still wanting a sign. Right? It means that they didn't believe. They wanted more signs. And Jesus says to them, there's no sign that will be given. Any sign that you want will point outside of them. So Jesus uses two examples to rebuke their unbelief. He uses the story of Nineveh. And he uses uh, the example of the Queen of Sheba. Jesus says, as evil as Nineveh was, yet when Jonah went there to preach repentance to a God that his people never knew, they repented. You remember the story of Jonah? God told Jonah, go to Nineveh and go to preach my word. Now, Nineveh was a very evil place. They were very wicked people. Even Jonah himself didn't want to go there. They were, they were so wicked. So he didn't want to go there. But eventually he went there. And to his amazement, when he preached God, whom these people they never heard of, whom these people they never saw, they didn't ask for signs. They didn't say to Jonah, Jonah, give us a sign so that we may see. But instead, they repented. From the highest nobles to even the, they, they called the fast, from the lowest of the lowest, they repented to God. And that's what Jesus says to them. Jesus says to them, one greater than Jonah is here. You say, you say Jonah is great, but one greater than Jonah is here. And he's preaching to you, but you don't want to repent. Jesus used a second example about the queen of Sheba that, that lived so far away. But when she heard about the wisdom of Solomon, she traveled so far so that she can see Solomon and hear by herself. Now, in those days, you see a private jet. <laughs> they didn't use private jet or cars. In those days, they used camels. You see a camel, that slow thing that is walking slowly. Now, can you imagine, I don't know where Sheba is, but it's far. But can, can you imagine this woman? 
Right? Can you, can you imagine this? Can, can you imagine these people riding all the way from, because they heard that there is this king. There's this king that has so much wisdom. She said, I am going. No matter how far it is, I want to hear for myself. Jesus says, this woman did that. This queen did that for Solomon. But he says, one that is greater than Solomon is here. But you don't believe. You don't make effort. She made effort. She came all the way there. But you, you don't believe. And how sad is their condition. These people were drowning in their unbelief. Jesus was there in front of them. Gives them all the examples. Even use the Old Testament, but still, they refuse to believe. So, as I've said when I was beginning, we are on message number 68 in our series. And if you have noticed all these messages, if you go back, all these messages, all these messages have one thing in common. All of them are pointing to one truth. And that truth is, not our church, that our church is, is we are not pointing to RLC as the best church in the world. No. All of those signs, all of those sermons are pointing to one thing, as Jesus Christ and Lord and Savior of our lives. They are pointing to him. Right? They are pointing to Jesus Christ as the one true source of our eternal salvation. And whenever, whenever I travel around the streets, right, and people learn that I come from this church, and one of the questions that they always ask is, you know, right? Are things happening there? That we, 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 it's, it's always a funny question. Because we, we are a generation that, that somehow Jesus is not enough. That somehow Jesus is not a, a miracle enough for us. No, there has to be something else. We are not asking, people will never ask you, is Jesus available there in that church? Is Jesus preached in that church? They will never ask you this. One thing they want to know, are things happening there? Right? It's, we want to see things. We want to see things. We want, we want, we want blessed things. We want things. But they don't, they, they will never ask, is, is Jesus available there? I've never heard someone ask, is, is Jesus available in your church? Is Jesus the biggest thing that is preached there? They don't say this. Because we are, we are that type of a generation. We are that type of a generation that Jesus alone is not enough. There must be always something. We must, there must be always, there's, there's something that always must be added. And brothers and sisters, God sending Jesus to die for us is one of the greatest signs of his love for us. There's no greater sign than that. God, the Father in heaven, and as Nathan was saying, Jesus, God could have chosen to finish the world and end all things. But God in his love chose to show us by sending his son Jesus to die on our place and take our sins with him. That is a greater sign of love. And for me, there is no greater sign of love than that. God, Jesus, dying in my place. Right? So as we actively listen to this message, this morning, this number 68 message, as it was back then, it is this morning. God is expecting a response from us. God is expecting you to respond to his word. We are not just called to be hearers of the word, but we are called to obey the word of God. And are you going to be the one this morning who's going to take a decision to say to God, God, I am choosing to obey your voice. I hear that you are speaking to me. I hear that I'm, you are speaking to a part of my life that maybe is not pleasing to you. 
Maybe I'm, you are doing, maybe God is, is, is spoken something, speaking a certain truth to you. Maybe God is calling repentance from you this morning. Are you just going to listen and this message is going to go? Or are you going to respond to Jesus and say, my God, this morning I am taking a decision to leave everything behind. Even if it's your first time, you can still respond to Jesus Christ this morning. Right? So, are you going to be the one who obeys the voice of God through his word this morning? Or are you going to be the one who simply ignores it, just as the people ignore that? And of course, whenever we ignore the word of God, there is always judgment. There will always be judgment. And not just in this world, but in the world to come. Right? Because the word of God is, 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 is the authority of God. It's everything to us. It demands a response. Right? So as we finish this message, I want to call us to respond to God this morning. What is God saying to you through this message this morning? Which part of your life that you feel that God is pressing? And what are you going to do about it? Are you going to obey it? Are you going to obey God? Or are you going to simply ignore what God is saying to you this morning? And we are going to do that by making our way to the four tables of the communion. There we are going to have our bread and we are going to have a grape juice. And we are going to have a chance to respond to the word of God this morning. Let's make our way there. Up the bread, that is a symbol of the body of Jesus. And why don't you lift up the cup? And why don't you close your eyes this morning? And let us respond to the word of God this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, we don't want to be those who simply reject your word this morning. We don't want to be those who don't hear your word and go away, my Father. But we want to be those who hear your word and obey it, my Jesus. And Father, we pray this morning that if you are speaking to us, as I believe you are, if you are calling us to repent, if you are calling us to live a certain lifestyle, my God, that's what we want to do, Lord Jesus Christ. Father, God, you, your son lived every day of his life obeying you. And God, that's what we want to do this morning. We want to live every day of our lives, being in tune with your word and living in, in obedience, my Father. And I pray for my brothers and sisters in Christ that each and every one of them, as we participate in this communion, Lord Jesus, let your word guide and lead and speak to us, Father. We pray in Jesus' name. I bless the bread as a, as a symbol of your body, my God, and I bless the grape juice as a symbol of your bread. Why don't you break the bread and let us eat together in the name of Jesus Christ.